Buenos dias, buenos dias, buenos dias. Welcome to today's Mayito Minute. Ladies and gentlemen, guess what? For today's episode, I am going to bring you a race recap. Not a Zwift race, not a fake race, practice race, whatever you want to call those, because I've done one of those. A real IRL in real life, which became a thing through through COVID here, um, race. And so here we go. I'm going to give you first. I'm going to give you uh, kind of how the law, the the lay of the land has changed a little bit, which is interesting, by the way. Um, more than likely, kind of all due to COVID. But but here we go. Um, this race uh, was put on by a promoter. Uh, his company's called VeloFest 360. I honestly, um, no disrespect to him, I had just never heard of him pre-COVID, before COVID. Uh, but it seems to me that like he just, I think maybe he saw an opportunity and he took it during the pandemic to say, hey, you know what? No one else is putting on racing races. Uh, I am going to go ahead and do it and see if... Uh, you know, see if they're successful. And thus far, he's been pretty darn successful. He's been putting on some road events and some gravel events. Um, and from what I had heard, uh, they all were a smashing success. And so I was excited to, uh, to, to race my bike, uh, just to be able to race my bike. So super thankful to VeloFest 360 for doing that and providing that opportunity. But here's where things are different. Not necessarily in a bad way, by the way, just going to throw these out there. Um, he uses USA Cycling for the insurance part of the 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 event. I'm going to call it an event. Um, so he gets he gets his insurance covered per rider. You know he gets insurance for every rider, but he categorizes the event. And now you're going to know why I'm calling it an event as a fondo, and not as a race. So he gets the benefit of the insurance but then the racers don't have to have a license. But with that comes, you don't have to have officials. So he doesn't have to pay an officiating crew, which means it's a, this is a lot more grassroots. There were literally no results posted. It was literally like, we're going to find out who first through third were. They're going to stand up there to take a picture. And if you didn't get first, second or third, you can kind of guess where you finished, but whatever, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to hassle with that. Um, in addition, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't a wheel truck, uh, to follow. Uh, I don't know if that's something that he may add later, but there wasn't for this race, uh, which I hadn't thought about until I was, um, getting ready to go to bed last night. And I was like, oh my gosh, there was no wheel truck. Like what if somebody would have had a flat or a mechanical or something like that? You, you would have been on your own. I mean, that's just, that, that's just the way that, that it is at this, uh, point in time. And then the other thing was there were no course marshals. So there were quite a few turns on this course and there weren't anybody, there wasn't anybody manning those turns. Uh, so, you know, that was, that was interesting. I'm going to talk about that during the race recap and kind of how that impacted the racing a little bit because it did. Oh, and then the last thing, um, he kind of came up with a solution to the feed zone problem. So my race was 91 miles, which is a long day. And by the way, it was in the 70s and it was humid. Uh, I will talk about the conditions and how they played a factor in the race here in a second as well. Um, but, you know, when you have an event like that and we're going for that long, you have to have a friend 
wife, spouse, you know, girlfriend, somebody, you know, teammate, whatever, who's going to, who's going to hand you up bottles because you're not going to get through the race on just two bottles. You're going to need more than that. But if you don't have anybody like that, then you're kind of hogtied and you've got to carry like all of your nutrition with you. So like all the gels and bars you're going to have and bottles and, and it weighs you down and gets you heavy. So he came up with a solution. Um, on certain laps, everybody has to stop for 30 seconds so you can roll over to where your bottles are at, pick them up, throw out your empties, put in your fulls, and then everybody stops. And then at the end of 30 seconds, y'all start racing again. And so there was a breakaway up the road uh, in this particular event. So he stopped them for their 30 seconds when they came in. And then when we came in a little bit later, he stopped us for our 30 seconds. And, uh, you know, again, love it or not, uh, it does provide a solution to the problem. And, uh, and it worked out pretty well. It actually made the racing, I feel like it made the racing a little bit harder. I will explain that in the recap as well. Um, but then the other thing that he's done is he's found loops and he makes it kind of more European style racing with smaller loops and you do several of them, um, which I like. I like uh, the, the course had some, some, you know, quite a few turns in it. Uh, it wasn't just your like rural Texas, you know, we're going to do 30 mile loops, uh, you know, type of thing. So anyhow, let me get into it. The race was down in Rogers, Texas, just a couple hours away. We started at noon, so I was able to go down with a buddy of mine. And uh, we were able to go down, race, come up the same day. Really cool. Uh, sleep in my own bed the night before. Um, and it was 90 miles, 91 miles. And um, yeah, it was run on an 11-mile circuit, like 11.1, 11.2 miles, something like that. And we did eight laps of this, okay? And on laps three and five, those were the designated laps where we stopped for the mandatory 30 seconds. Now, you can also stop any other lap that you wanted to. And I didn't know that or I would have given the conditions and how I was feeling. Uh, but you could stop on any of those laps. It's just everybody else isn't going to wait for you 30 seconds. Like people are going to keep rolling and then it's up to you to, to get back on. But anyhow, so, um, you know, how did the race go? Well, it was warm and I figured that out pretty quick and I think everybody else did too. So uh, we get going and again, just getting going, racing again, like real racing. And uh, boy, the, the first lap was, um, first lap really wasn't all that eventful. Uh, there were a couple of parts in the course where they told us to be careful. Again, there's no marshals and stuff, right? Course marshals. So it's like you're coming around some of these turns and there, there's nobody on the other end stopping traffic and such. And so the first lap, it, it seemed like we were we were riding hard, but we weren't like going full gas yet uh, because we were kind of learning the course. And then the second lap, you know, that was when uh, that was when people started pressing the issue and trying to get away. And so uh, on that first lap, there were two guys that did slip away. Uh, you know, they were in for a, <laughs> a a very long day if they were going to be successful doing that. So it, it wasn't really kind of let them go, let them have their fun. Um, we knew it was going to be a long day. But then on the second lap, uh, you know, things, uh, things started happening. And uh, so two guys, um, you know, got off the front. And it was a pretty serious move. I mean, two of the guys that are, you know, uh, if you looked at your start list, it was two of the guys that were that were the strongest, um, you know, of the strongest guys. But man, there was there was so much firepower behind. And to give you the composition of those two guys, one of the guys riding for Gateway uh, Devo, 
he was solo, so he didn't have any teammates, but the other guy was from Elbows Racing and he had teams. He had teammates. So, um, you know, they were content to kind of let him go and they were just going to kind of sit a little bit. And um, so the way that the racing went um, was we were either chilling or we were pretty much full stick. And that was, that was the race all day. Like when you looked at my data, my actual power versus my normalized power, like it was a, there was a 60 watt difference between my actual and my normalized. And that's huge. And what that means is that like when we were going easy, it all was good, but you knew that at some point we were going to just, you know, throttle it and it was going to be extremely hard. And so that's how the day went because, um, you know, you look at the weather report for Texas the you know, the day before, a couple days before, and it says something like, oh, the wind will be nine miles an hour. That's what it said on my app, you know, and then you get out there and you go, no, I mean, this is open and exposed enough. Like the winds are going to wreak havoc on this race. And so sure enough, you know, there were some there were some heavy crosswind sections. I mean, that's what I always tell the people that I coach. Like, that's where the money is made, is in the crosswinds where, you know, um, positioning is critical and where kind of that front part of that uh, of the group is going to get, you know, somewhat of a draft um, unless it's completely guttered off. And, you know, if you're behind that part and you're in the gutter, you know, um, the, the, the clock's ticking on how long you're going to be able to hang on for. And so that's what it was. You know, the racers that had the experience, those of us that have been doing this for a while, it's kind of like you you just kind of know like these sections are going to be the sections that are going to characterize this race. And so, um, you know, just kind of kind of herky-jerky racing, uh, you know, in hopes of obviously you know, the guys that were throwing down were obviously uh, trying to get across to the break. I mean, you don't want to bring the whole field and bring it all back. I mean, you want to get across. If you bring a few people with you, that's fine. Uh, but you don't want to you don't want to help everybody. Right. You don't want to give everybody a quarter. Um, and so I, uh, I I was there. I mean, I was in the mix. I was, you know, pretty much always near the front in those first 10 places, 15 places at the at the least uh, and just kind of you know, in that washing machine effect of, of like the guys that were in the draft, you know, the guys that were, you know, kind of rolling through to be able to keep your position, uh, felt like I did a really good job coming up to the parts of the course where there were turns and kind of moving up and making sure that I was positioning myself well there, uh, to be out of the wind coming out of that turn and, and so on and so forth. Um, and so, you know, followed, followed, uh, quite a few, you know, a- attempts, uh, by some of the stronger riders, uh, you know, like, like Colin Strickland was there and he was throwing down. And so, you know, following, um, the moves to, you know, hopefully get across, uh, which, which brings me to, um, you know, the fact that I missed the counter. So the, the day's breakaway ended up containing four riders. So there's only two at the point right now in this narrative, right? So two other guys end up getting away and they end up bridging up to the breakaway. And I missed that. So, you know, if there's, if there's one there's a couple parts in the race. I'll mention the other one later, but you know, the one part in the race, the first part where I, I just, I made a mistake, uh, tactically was there was a part in the race where a, a split happened in the field. 
Um, and there was another one to happen later, which I was on the right side of, but this time I was, I was caught on the wrong side of it. Uh, you know, a bunch of guys attacked and, and kind of got together and I reacted just a little bit too late. Right. So I decided that I wanted to get up to that and I, and I attempted to, but I was attempting to bridge solo to a break that contained some pretty strong riders and I missed it. And so that break was, was, you know, that split was up the road, um, Thankfully, when I looked behind me, the field was coming and I can tell that they were motivated. So I, I you know, put my tail between my legs because I wasn't going to get across on my own. And I just went back into the field and we, we caught and shut down that split that was beginning to happen. Uh, but, but because I had put forth so much effort and, and I was a little bit gassed, uh, I didn't see the counter going. And so two riders got away. Um, and they were able to eventually make contact with that front group. Uh, so now the, the group is four. Um, but again, uh, well, let me, let me bring in this part of the narrative. Um, you know, I looked down at my cycling computer at my Garmin and, uh, we're 30 something miles into the race and, you know, going up some of the hills or, or some of the parts where the racing got really, really hard. If you've ever felt that little twinge that you feel when you're like, okay, that was like a mini cramp. Like that was the muscle telling me, Hey, um, just letting you know, like I'm going to contract for you, but I'm not necessarily going to release otherwise known as a cramp. I was getting those like 30 something miles into a 91 mile race. And when I started feeling that way, um, I thought to myself, this is going to be a very long day. Uh, but again, kind of mindset stuff here, like, all right, that's my present circumstance. That's my present condition is like, I'm, I'm prone to these today. Right. Uh, but what am I going to do about it? You know? And so I just really began talking to myself and, and my self-talk was, Hey, You've got this thing going on, but let's relax when we can. Let's be as relaxed as possible. Let, let's, let's try to keep these things under wraps as long as we can. Um, you know, they're, they're there, so we're not going to ignore it, but um, let's, just, let's just keep rolling. And, um, you know, the interesting thing or the funny thing, another mindset thing, all of a sudden the pack just comes alive, right? Like the group that I'm in, right? All of us, minus the four guys up the road, we're all talking about or they're all talking about the C word, cramps. Like it's hot. Like uh, I'm not cramping yet. I'm cramping, you know, and, and it's like this narrative. And then, you know, I go on to, uh, I go on to Instagram and I see a post-race video with the guy that wins the race. And the guy was saying, yeah, it was a long day in the break, you know, just having to deal with cramps and stuff. So, I mean, everybody was cramping, right? But, uh, you know, I feel like I did. A, I feel like I did a good job managing it. I feel like I did a good job just giving myself an opportunity to be successful, kind of relaxing a little bit. They didn't go away, uh, but they didn't ever get to the point where they were debilitating, right? So I was able to kind of deal with them and uh, and still have a good race. And so, anyhow, coming back to our race here, uh, the gap got out pretty pretty far, uh, pretty you know, to the point where. Uh, we were like, okay, we're really gonna have to, we're really gonna have to do some work to go get these guys. But long day, hot, windy, Texas, anything is possible. Uh, and so there was another moment, another pivotal moment where there was a split 
uh, another split. And like I said, this time I was on the, I was on the right side of this split and, uh, because I wasn't going to miss out again. Uh, so we get on that split and then we're riding, but we're not like 100% committed, uh, to riding. And so, um, the, the, the back part of the field ends up catching us. And so we're, we're all back together. Um, and it stayed like that for a while. Again, it was, it was people trying to get away, me following moves, maintaining my position. Um, you know, I took a couple of opportunities to see if maybe some folks would come with me, uh, and and join me in a move. Um, and it, it, I mean, it was entertaining for me because it was hard, but it's hard for me to explain it to you in the podcast. It literally just was like, here are the sections when we're going to go easy. Here are the sections when we're going to go hard. Uh, now, one of the things that was interesting that I felt like made the racing more difficult, uh, although it made it more fair, was these feed zones. Uh, because the clock started 30 seconds um, from the first rider across. So if you crossed that's when he started the clock. And if you're seven seconds behind, then you only get 23 seconds. You come into that feed zone later. Not only that, but you're behind a bunch of people. It may take you a second to get to your spot. So uh, laps three and five, like coming into that feed zone, even all the other laps, but not as much as laps three and five. It was like we kind of raced a little bit to, to enter into that feed zone to make sure that you had enough time to do what you needed, what you need to do. So, you know, that was something that I picked up on pretty quick uh, and was able to do a good job there. So I was always near the front or or at the front coming into these feed zones on every single lap, uh, which was good because I feel like it did, uh, you know, save me some energy. Um, but, you know, again, just rolling along, uh, brakes staying out there, but the time is coming down. So we start hearing that this thing's creeping down to like a minute. So it's getting close and I think we had like two laps to go or something like that. So, you know, again, it's possible. So we didn't really give up on it. Um, At one point, uh, Richardson Bike Mart actually got on the front. Uh, They they had a guy in the breakaway, but I don't think they liked their chances of him winning in a sprint. Uh, So they got on the front and they started pulling pretty pretty hard, uh, you know, to probably try to bring that gap down and give themselves a chance to get a sprinter in there and or uh, break up the field. Um, And so that was a that was a critical moment in the race. And, you know, again, um, it it ends up that their guy did get popped out of the breakaway. Um, But they had one of their riders that was in the field finish fourth. So they kind of they kind of traded a, a rider in the breakaway for fourth versus, uh, you know, a rider in the field getting fourth, which it, it's the same. It doesn't matter. Um, but uh, I, I do want to talk about something else that I did. And again, this is a testament to, you know, when you're tired, um, late in bike races, this is where races can be won and lost. So it's not always about legs. It's not always about the physical. It's a lot about the mental and the process. And that's why I use a phrase called ABT, always be thinking. That's what I tell myself, like what's going on? Who's trying to do what? What's the situation on the road? Uh, what do you think's going to happen? Like so on and so forth. So <laughs> we're coming through this one section and we were going pretty slow. Um, and so I just, I just rolled off the front. Now I did it on purpose. Uh, I didn't stand up. I just kind of incognito, just took a a couple of harder pedal strokes and I found myself with a little bit of a gap and I was thinking maybe I can bait somebody to come across. Um, but I, I quickly realized the, uh, the foolishness of what I had done because I'm coming down this downhill and 
there's a, there's a pretty big hill coming up. And I turn around and look back and the field is, is not going to let me go. Uh, so I, I was riding well. I think maybe, you know, I was respected as somebody that they didn't want to just let roll off the front. Um, and so they're coming. And I think to myself, this is going to be really bad because if they catch me at the bottom of this hill, somebody's going to attack to try to really hurt me. And it's going to be really difficult for me to get back onto the front of this thing, uh, to get back in even, not to the front, to get back into the group. And so I frantically gave a couple of hard pedal strokes on that downhill. But guess what? I still got caught kind of near the bottom of the hill. Lo and behold, somebody attacks. I was like, you've got to give it everything you have because if not, you're done because they literally came by you like you're standing still. I was able to survive that, but then again, I wanted to punch myself in the face because I was like, why are you doing that? Did you start racing bikes yesterday? Like that's a complete no-no to do that. But anyhow, I I survived that. Folks, there's not really a whole lot more interesting stuff to tell you. Uh, I would say that uh, I did have a teammate uh, Doug Frenchak, and it was his first time doing uh, a race like this that was more of like a P123 race. And he was there and he could sprint. So I, I did at some point kind of change my focus to helping him out. Uh, I felt like the race was going to come down to a sprint. Uh, once that breakaway was probably not going to get caught. Um, and so I told him, We are going to work for you to sprint. And so I kind of used you know, some of my strength to keep him out of the wind, keep him on my wheel, keep him following me, so on and so forth. Um, and, uh, and it was, it was okay. I mean, he, I think he sprinted for, again, they don't have a result sheet, but I think he sprinted for something of a, of a top 10 or what have you. Um, but all that to say, uh, the race went, the race went well. I mean, I felt really, really good. Uh, I don't have anything to show for it in terms of a, you know, of a podium result, but um, those of you that understand, you guys know that uh, we don't always get something that we can show off that somebody can say, wow, good job, good work. Um, a lot of times we just come home empty handed and we've got to, we have got to ask ourselves, how do you feel about that one? How do you feel about the, you know, the effort that you put forth? And I can absolutely tell you, I felt good with the effort. I felt like I positioned myself well. I felt like I made very good tactical decisions, you know, minus those couple that I, that I mentioned here on the podcast. Um, you know, I felt like I did an okay job taking care of myself in terms of my nutrition. Uh, I ate everything that I, I ate everything that I packed for myself and, uh, and I went through all my bottles. So, you know, uh, nothing else I could have, uh, nothing else I could have done there, but I want to end this episode by talking about great. It's a race recap, but I want to do a race recap plus one. And here's what I mean by plus one. And hopefully this, this helps you or speaks to you. What about the next day? So I raced on Saturday. What about Sunday? Well, I was training. I, w- I was training early. Now, I'm not saying this to put a star on my sleeve or anything like that because for all you know, I could have done an easy day. I could have done a long day. I could have done an interval day. I'm just saying that I was training. That's what I'm saying. And the reason why I want to say that is because regardless of whether you're pleased with or, you know, frustrated with a performance, it's always going to be a race day plus one, folks. 
Like, we've got to get back to work the next day. Those of us that want to be a better version of ourselves, those of us that, are, that have this kind of champion mindset, this elite performer mindset that I always talk about, it's race day plus one. The next day, regardless of whether you had a good result, regardless of whether you had a bad result, you got to get back to work. You, why? Because it's, it's what you do. Because the next day provides an opportunity for you to become a better version of yourself. A better version of yourself that you were on Saturday, the, the day right before it. And that should always be what we're aiming to do. So I just wanted to leave you guys with that because I know that a lot of folks suffer with uh, what I call is like a post-race hangover. And a post-race hangover very simply is like you don't feel like training the next day. You don't feel like putting in the work. You don't feel like doing the things that you know that you need to do to continue on the trajectory that you're on. Now, why does this happen? Well, it happens because there's a focus on something other than doing your very best. There was a focus on something other than your absolute best for that particular competition. So therefore, you gave your absolute best, but you didn't finish on the podium. I don't feel like training today, right? Um, You gave your absolute best and you finished on the podium. So you think you've got it all together now. So you don't feel like training today. Notice that it doesn't discriminate as to what the metric was, whether it was a good metric or whether it was a poor metric. It doesn't matter. It's the fact that you're focusing on the metric and you're not focusing on giving your absolute best. But if you focus on giving your absolute best, then, and if that's your central thing that governs you, then you know that the next day you have an opportunity to give your absolute best. And so what does that mean? It means that you train. So hopefully you can take this with you. I was, I was training and I got tremendous satisfaction out of that training session, even though it had to happen earlier than I wanted to and it was harder than I wanted to and all of those great things. But I put myself out there and I gave my absolute best. And with that, folks, we can always be pleased. And thank you guys so much for listening. It was a joy and a pleasure to, to bring you guys another race recap. It's been way too long, hasn't it? I mean, it's been over a year since I was able to bring you guys one of these. And let me just say this. It was so refreshing to be able to see people that I hadn't seen in a while and, and chat with them and catch up with them. So don't, don't miss this, folks, um, as hopefully COVID kind of starts kind of, you know, exiting stage left and we start getting back to it like more normal. Realize how awesome the relationships that you have with other people are and realizing how satisfying those are and, and, and maybe look at them a little bit differently coming around this next time. Uh, because you don't know what you've got until you lose it, right? And so we lost so many of these interactions and it was just great. It was just great to see people again um, and see how they were doing. So on that, I'm going to be out. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know this was a long one, but yeah, I, I wanted to chat with you guys and share my experience. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next time.